On the Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk. That I want to play you an interview uh, with the Minister for Integration, Roderick O'Gorman. Now, we had invited him to be on the programme with us today. Unfortunately, he wasn't available to come and join us on the programme today. So we did record an interview with him yesterday. Now, that, of course, was while the blockade in, in, in County Clare was still ongoing. Uh, but we did discuss more than just the situation in County Clare. So just bear in mind that they may colour the tone of some of his answers on that topic. But I started off by asking about the broader question of how asylum seekers are accommodated in Ireland. And I started by asking him to outline a possible review as was mentioned in yesterday's Irish Times. So, uh, as you know, when uh, I became minister, I brought in a white paper looking to end direct provision. Um, that was based on uh, an assumption of about 3,500 people are, are arriving into the system per year. Um, February 2022, the war in Ukraine. Uh, since then, we've had um, 18,000 Ukrainians arrive in the country and, and we're accommodating 40, uh, 64,000 of them. And since then, we've also uh, accommodating 21,000 international protection applicants. So on the accommodation side, that element of the white paper is the, 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 the white paper wasn't in any way designed to accommodate those numbers. Uh, and we're looking at the accommodation element of the white paper. Uh, we're going to have to put a greater focus, I think, on phase one on the reception and integration centres. The original white paper said we'd need six of those. I think it's likely that we'll need more going forward. Will that be six along the lines of City West, maybe not of that scale, but performing a similar purpose? I, I think I, I think that they would have to uh, perform, I suppose, a they, they would have to be designed for people to live in a more long term basis. Like City West, it's it's it, City West is, is not is not luxury. City West is extremely basic. People are in uh, in bunk beds in, in kind of uh, partitions. So it would have to be something that could provide people with a, a, a better standard of, of accommodation than there. But I think it is also important to say that the white paper had other elements as well. It had elements on supports and it had elements in terms of um, of integration as well. So this year, my department will be supporting local authorities over all over the country with integration t- teams for employees and in each local authority funded by my department to support the integration of international protection applicants in, you know, whether it's in sports and communities uh, and uh, Ukrainians as well. So that's a, a very tangible support that my department will give to uh, to local authorities. And also then in, in the area of, of supports, we're going to be making an announcement in the next number of weeks in terms of dedicated parenting supports for parents in international protection. Because so we know there's a significant number, I think there's about four and a half thousand children in the international protection system at the moment. And again, uh, you know, very, very basic living conditions, access to schools, but with, you know, challenges around language, challenges around, I suppose, the, the often the school they're accessing isn't the closest school. Mm. So providing parenting supports to those parents, uh, recognising the particular, I suppose, challenges that children and parents in the IP process face. It, it does very much sound like you're in the job almost three years now when you got in, but it was before Ukraine and you had very high aspirations of abolishing direct provision as a system altogether. And with just the way things have gone now, and even with this new uh, briefing document as reported on uh, in Saturday's paper, it sort of seems very much like square one about trying to go back and if you can't abolish that system that you now have to find a way to make it more manageable on a permanent basis? Well, I, I have to recognise the vastly changed situation we're in. 
Um, when I came into in, in, into office, obviously COVID had stopped transport, but the year before, four and a half thousand people had arrived seeking international protection. And in 2022, 15,000 people arrived. So we have to, like, as a minister, you can't, I suppose, hanker over the, the, the past situation. You have to deal with the situation that we're in. And that's a situation where we meet, need to find accommodation for a lot more people. As we know, 15,000 would have been a challenge, but then we also are finding accommodation for 64,000 Ukrainians. So it's a massively changed landscape. We have to uh, recognize those changes. We have to uh, cope with those changes, but we also have to uh, and we do remember those central ideas behind the white paper in terms of supporting people and in terms of integrating people into communities from day one. And many of the funding structures that we've brought forward over the last year are again designed to help IP applicants themselves, but also help community groups support them and integrate them. Just as a by the by, for those who are um, applying for international protection, they're currently allowed to, to work and serve in the workforce after six months. Given that we're in full employment and given that there is such clamour for labour in other parts of society, is there a case for reducing that period? I believe there's a case for looking at maybe new visa systems uh, for maybe lower skilled workers. We, we have a visa system at the moment, but it's also often um, directed to very high skilled uh, professions. And I think we need to look at that, broadening that out. I know, for example, uh, Dublin Bus have been going to other countries in terms of trying to recruit bus drivers at the moment. And um, I don't want international protection conflated with, um, I suppose, the needs of our economy. International protection is there for a very specific reason. It's for people who are fleeing war, fleeing conflict. Uh, I think it's right that those people are allowed to work here after a period of time because it's not healthy for people to be doing nothing for a long period of time. But I don't think we should be seeing international protection as uh, uh, the people in international protection as a solution to uh, labour shortages okay. in the labour market. Let's deal with that in the more appropriate way, which is looking at, at the visa okay. system. Uh, we'll talk about the specifics of Inch in a moment, but just on the broader question, of, of housing uh, applicants for international protection. You brought more accommodation uh, into the system this week that has made a bit of a dent and those that were still without a home, you have more to come. Yeah, so uh, on, uh, on between Friday and Saturday, uh, we've been able to offer uh, uh, accommodation to 220 of the uh, 520 people who are unaccommodated. So the unaccommodated list is reduced now to 300. Uh, and we'll be able to reduce it further early into next week with, with more offers. And then in the subsequent week, there, there'll be more accommodation coming on as well. But that will still leave in the interim some people still living on tents and streets outside Main Street or anywhere else. Do you fear for their safety, given what we've seen in the last week? And now that we know that anywhere where there is a large congregation of people living in tents, that there is the prospect of that being a flashback. We want to get people off the streets. That's what we're working to achieve. The best way to do that is through accommodation. Uh, and that's what we've been really focused on providing. Come the middle of next week, we'll have a sense of how many remain without an offer. And we'll look to bring in a contingency measure for those. Because yes, no one is safe on the streets. We know that from, you know, people who have been in homeless on uh, a rough sleeping in Ireland you know over the years the streets is not a safe place to sleep for anybody uh, and that, that applies in particular to IP applicants at the moment. On the question of Inch um, you've said that you are prepared to receive a delegation of community members in your offices or to have a video call with them you won't travel to the area why not? Well, I, I, whenever I've engaged and I've done, I've probably done 20, 25 meetings now at this stage with either uh, represent, um, 
residence groups or with local representatives on either IP or Ukrainian accommodation across the country now at the moment. Done a lot of these meetings. Generally, it's easier for everyone if we do it online. You can just do it quickly. Sometimes groups want to come up uh, in the terms of inch. Um, uh, you know, we made a decision. Minister O'Brien went down on uh, on um, Thursday evening. Uh, he'd, he'd, he'd a bit of capacity on Thursday evening. I was meeting the Garda Commissioner to talk about similar issues in terms of safety that we've already been 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 uh, been discussing. So, you know, uh, Mr. O'Brien visited the accommodation there. He saw, she spoke to some of the international protection applicants living there. He met a delegation of the local community in, in Ennis. Uh, and I know they were talking to him further on, on, on Friday. And I, and I think he's waiting to hear back from them in terms of the next steps they propose to take. At the time that we're talking about this then, do you think that there is some legitimacy to the concerns that they've raised? Um, again, from the groups I've met, um, often... People have preconceptions about international protection applicants, particularly male international protection applicants. Uh, and my my experience is that after IP applicants have been living in a place for a while, those re- preconceptions disappear because people either meet them uh, or and and see they're you know they're 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 just normal people, or they don't meet them. They their their paths don't cross, and and and, and no issue uh, an issue arises. I reckon. Do you think that's going to be the case in Inch? I hope it is. Like I recognise in inch the um, the information out to local reps could have wasn't as uh, as out as early as it could have been. I recognise that we were in a really pressured situation at that time in terms of trying to secure accommodation for people who are on the streets. Um, we've gotten better at getting information out to local reps and communities, mm. but uh, I recognise that in the situation in Inch, it, it, it was very tight there, and that's a, legi- a, a, a legitimate criticism. This this question of how local reps were informed has come up before, and Minister Bryant says he brought forward plans earlier this year about how that will be governed in future, but nothing ever seems to have happened, and, and nothing has changed. Mm. Why is that? Well, I do think things have changed uh, in that you know, as I say, uh, myself and Minister O'Brien have done. A lot of meetings since January of last year with either, you know, TDs and senators, TD senators and councillors, or indeed sometimes with representative groups. Uh, we've done a lot. Uh, and uh, I think sometimes they've been able to address all issues. Not always, but sometimes they uh, they have. So the danger fall through the cracks? Is that maybe why it's become more contentious? Again, we we didn't get the information out as, as early as we should have an inch, and I think that's 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 one of the uh, that's one of the reasons why this has become some contentious. I think it is important to say there is work taking place in the Department of Taoiseach right now to further streamline and I think provide further capacity. So where we are opening more accommodation, be it for Ukrainians or for international protection, we can put in place those structures to make sure we talk to the local, uh, the elected reps, but also as well as maybe identify kind of the, the community leaders in particular areas who kind of uh, it's good to engage with as well. Okay. Um, do you think that there is any circumstances where it's legitimate or appropriate to be mounting a blockade of a road as has been done in Inch this week? Uh, I've always said people have the right to protest. Uh, I've always said people have the right to disagree with government policy. I don't believe a blockade is is appropriate. I don't believe a blockade is right. Um, people are now living uh, in 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 the property uh, in in uh, in Inch, uh, and I think um, I think protests should be done in a way that that isn't seen as 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 in any way intimidatory. Uh, and we know some people have left Inch, some of the international protection mm-hmm. applicants have left Inch. How does that make because, it feel? Yeah. As the Minister is responsible for integration, if you have people who are applying for international protection in Ireland and they feel like a community that they've been attempted to be housed in 
is so inhospitable that they'd rather leave and go back and sleep on the streets in Dublin. How does that make you feel? Look, I, I think that's 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 really disappointing. Uh, and that's, again, why I say I don't believe uh, a blockade approach is, is an acceptable form of protest. That was the Minister for Integration, Roger Gorman, speaking to me yesterday. Uh, as I said at the outset, he wasn't available to join us today. So we did record an interview yesterday and that was before uh, the news this morning that residents in Inch are to lift their blockade. They say they are to continue their protest, but that they're going to lift the blockade of the roads leading to the McGowna House Hotel uh, in Inch, County Clare. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk.